0: This episode of Good Sheelers is proudly sponsored by Colmio Designs. Colmio Designs is a bloody excellent lady startup created by a very talented mum, Yana. Colmio Designs handmakes beautiful standout pieces of jewellery
1: which will take your outfit from tired to inspired, tragic to magic,
0: pedestrian to equestrian. <laughs> okay, we ran out. <laughs> Visit Colmio Designs, K O L M I O, on Instagram and support an excellent local business. Listeners get 25% off at
1: checkout by entering the code sealers
0: Fun fact about Claire. A few years ago, I invited her to a party. I thought it was a safe move because she's an adult. <laughs> Instead, when the theme was like, bad prom, wasn't it, was, it? It was bad prom. It was bad prom. Broad theme. I don't know. <laughs> Claire turned up as a disco ball. <laughs> she came completely dressed in silver, head to toe, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, sorry, what are you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was the bell of the ball. <laughs> you made eaps and baits. I don't speak to anyone from there now. Hello and welcome to Good Sheila's, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian, and I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer, and we're long-time friends, short-time mums, and lifetime dickheads.
1: Each episode we tackle something in the media, as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts.
0: So strap yourselves in mongrels, and get ready for good sheilas. Well, shit, 2020 is just getting more garbage by the day, and we don't even know where to start. It would be irresponsible of us to not acknowledge that the world is in a state of disrepair. America is
1: angry and burning as its citizens take to the streets in response to the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers. The murder of George Floyd was a violent and unlawful reminder of the
0: systemic racism that underpins American life. And Australia has gobbled up the media on this, leaving Australians tut-tutting at America. But amongst all the shaking heads, we need to take a hard look in our own backyard. We are no better.
1: We're all sitting on lands that were never ceded.
0: And that's all we want to say, you guys. This isn't our story. Apart from acknowledging how we are a part of the problem. Today, consider doing beyond a social media post. We need to pay the rent. Tonight we've donated
1: to Australian organisations who are dedicated to addressing systemic racism in Australia. Black Rainbow are a not-for-profit social enterprise, 100% Indigenous owned and operated, who work toward better outcomes for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander
0: Australians who identify as LGBTQI+. Jira Victoria work to provide legal services and frontline responses to Aboriginal women and children who experience daily violence. Good Sheila's has donated, and if you are horrified by what you're seeing on the news, we ask that you see your place in it, dig deep, and pay the rent. All right, Claire, how hey, are you? I'm
1: oh, alright. I'm okay
0: the world is burning down so that's madness it's so cute right It's so cool. yeah look I have I've stopped reading the news I can't do it anymore which is not good for our podcast which is about current events but we're just gonna make it up from here okay yeah did you (laughs) see (laughs) the time where George Pell died yeah (laughs) no it is like I can't because every time I turn it on it feels like I've been like thrown into like this weird sci-fi dystopian film Mm. and I don't want to be in that it feels like my favorite movie time trap I don't know what that
1: is. It's a sci-fi movie. If you guys want to tune into a special podcast where I tell you the whole plot, it's open.
0: Oh my god, I will never listen to that. (laughs) I hate sci-fi. I love that
1: movie so much.
0: Well, you must be having a great time because we are living it, right? Yes, this is great. And how are you going and integrating back into the real world or the professional world? Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) So, well, this week has been interesting to say the least. Um, So I have not actually gone back to work. I'm tutoring, sure, but I'm not really um, having to go back to work. And what my brain has done, it has switched into this mode of thinking I will be at home forever. And the people in my house are are my colleagues. (laughs) Hello, colleagues. Uh, And um, what that means is that I don't actually know what is the right thing and the wrong thing to do not what you're doing yeah everything is the wrong thing it is the wrong thing and look I won't be labeled employee of the month <laughs> I will be labeled slave of the month but I will be getting fired for a number of reasons one is because I got out of the bath the other morning um and that's right, I have baths in the morning. <laughs> Deal with it. I don't have a job. I'm unemployed. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and I went I decided I was gonna go to the park with Edie. So I on the way to getting dressed, I walked past Lucas's study, the door was open, he had his headphones in and he's back to the door and I thought, Great, I'm just gonna pop in, save a little bit of time, go in and tell him that I'm off to the park. I walked in and he um Obviously didn't hear me coming in because he on headphones. I looked at his screen and there was no people on it. So I thought, perfect, no one will uh, see me. I walked right up to the screen and, uh, and I leant into Lucas's face <laughs> and I said, hello, I'm going to the and, – and his face just went white and he covered his camera and he ripped his headphones out and he was like, I'm – on a video call and I was like what and (laughs) I thought he was joking because that would be very inappropriate it's, just, it's very it's sexual harassment I know. <laughs> hello guys and I was like what and I ran out of there my wobbly bum wobbled all the way out of there and I went into and the my room and I got dressed and I got a text message from him and I was thinking oh hopefully he says no one saw but the all, camera was, off. <laughs> god, no. The camera was <laughs> off no he just wrote a message and just said oh my god and then he took a screenshot of all the people that he was speaking to and there were eight people were they, like, his colleagues? Or his, like, the people he sells things to? His, <laughs> his six-year-old daughter <laughs> is My <huge>. boyfriend. <laughs> hey, boys. Anyone want a cup of tea? No, I so will.
1: They <laughs> so, this is us introducing the GoFundMe for the Occhari-Clewis family.
0: <laughs> I know, oh my god. No, it, it was, it was, um, I felt sick all day about it. And oh. I asked him, I was like, did anyone say anything? And he was like, no, what would they say? Oh wow, your pun is in the nude. Like, <laughs> it's like there it was something, he was like, hey, they would if they saw they oh. just said nothing. Oh my god. I was like, oh god, why are people just normal and like laugh about something that's hilarious? And that's not what you do in professional world. It's just like what's that? It's like it's like
1: growing up, you know, like our parents. You just pretend nothing ever happened.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Until you get to a certain age and where you break you, down. Yeah. Oh, you become like a fully fledged sixty year old person who complains about everything. What are like they a called? Karen makes oh. That's got the segue. Listen and learn. <laughs> Listen and learn bitchy cha chas. <laughs> so um Claire, what is a Karen? Like, Karen is a
1: woman of a certain age and a certain haircut who speaks up about a lot of shit, like getting the wrong thing at the McDonald's bribe through. Devastating. What
0: is a bribe through? I must know. I must know right now. This I'll do you about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a stammer bron. I'm <laughs> so nervous. You're scared I'm going to get in the nude? I will do it. And it, it's become a, a
1: weird social meme. And people pick up on it and they call women Karens if they speak up, if they speak for themselves. Sometimes it's well deserved because there are some behaviours, particularly by older white women, which uh, don't have a place in polite society, but it's become a casual phrase for women who talk
0: about what they don't like. Sure. And and definitely I've seen a lot of these social media posts about them since people, like small businesses trying to, change the way that they work like you know um sorry restaurants that are trying to sh- change the way that they work and cater to takeaway when they weren't takeaway places before and they've uh there was one place in sydney i can't remember what it, the place was called but they were like please McDonald's. yeah <laughs> <They> breakfast just, <laughs> breakfast <laughs> they're very popular breakfast <laughs> oh jesus no there was this place and they're like You guys, please, can you just give us a break? We're trying to work out how to navigate this. We don't know what we're doing exactly, but we're trying our best. Can the Karens please just have a minute and just consider this? But is there a Warren? (laughs) Or even a (laughs) Baron? Is there a Baron? Are you trying to make Karen a man's name? I am. Successfully. (laughs) (laughs)
1: is the problem about karens that they're gendered i think i think it's a really important mechanism for us to be able to call out when people who are already really privileged kind of do things that really emphasize that privilege and that's a really critical
0: kind of social conversation that we need to have but why is it directed at women where are the warrens yeah sure so i remember my um uh, and when I used to work in hospitality, you were, you worked in hospitality too. Yeah,
1: but we both worked in hospitality for, for ages. ages. Michelle's patisserie. Shout out to my nice sisters.
0: How you going, Donut King? Ooh. La 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 la. That's, That's so called cool. a song. It's called a song. It's like, wait, I'm a segue and the song, guys. Are welcome. Guys <laughs> are on fire tonight. <laughs> Oh, shit. But it is – like, I worked in a cafe and then I worked in restaurants for ages and ages. You did it as well. Yeah. And I do remember, like, um, feeling like the women were more difficult than the men. And I don't think that they were. I don't think that
1: they were. I remember thinking exactly the same thing. Okay, tell me your
0: worst, worst ever customer. It doesn't matter if it's a bloke or a woman. I'll start. (laughs) Uh, I remember – Uh, There was a cafe that I worked at. It was super busy. Like, it was filthy busy. And on weekends, it was jammed. Like, people were just, like, lined up around the block. I couldn't figure it out. Hungry Dex. Yeah. The black blue was very slow. No, it was just—it was just this one of these cafes where, even though there was a number of cafes, everyone seemed to think that that one's the one that the eggs tasted differently. It was bullshit. Anyway, we were absolutely rammed every single weekend. And this one time, this guy came in. I knew him. He walked in. And I was like, "Fuck! I remember he I remember you because you were a dick last time, and I no reckon you're gonna be a dick this time." And he turned up, and he um. We ordered a freshly squeezed juice. Fine, great mate, I can do that. Did he say those words, "freshly squeezed"? Everyone did. Fucking, I'll have an orange juice, please. I'll have a freshly squeezed.
1: (laughs) It's just so fucking obnoxious, and you deserve to be charged eight dollars, you piece of shit. Yeah,
0: well, it was the eighties. So we had, Uh, so we gave him, we're young, (laughs) so young, so relevant. And I gave him, we gave him his juice and we're like, drink it, see ya. And we were, uh, you know, running around and he came up to the bench where everyone was, like where the barista was, she was like drowning. And he like gave her the, the orange juice, firstly squeezed, mind you, and said, I did not specify that I wanted ice. And she was like, oh, my God, okay, and gave it to the, someone and they took the ice out and they, took, they refilled it, like topped it up with juice, took it back to him. He brought it back up and pushed in front of people and was like, excuse me, you've just taken the ice out and topped it up, haven't you? And we're like, yeah, what else would we have done? And he was like, completely replace it. How Be- could he even tell? It gets way worse, Claire. I think it was slightly colder than... He expected (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) and we're like, "Oh, okay, fine, fine. We'll just complete. We'll just throw this out, and we'll get you a new one." Because we had to. Was if we could, anyway. Made him a new one, gave it to him, and I was like, "I knew he was going to be a dick. I bet he's going to get worse." And guess what? Dick City. Oh my God, he was a dick and a Dick Dick City. <laughs> and the buildings were made of dicks. And ton of Dick taxis. Brum brum dicks. <laughs> he believed there was the president. <laughs> anyway, anyway, at the end of the at the like, at the end of his fine dining experience, he came up and he he said, "I'd like to not, see my bill." Gave him the bill. I'm like, "It's thirty two dollars, whatever the fuck it was." They're really expensive run, Yeah, we had other shit, mate. <laughs> Come on, keep up. I'm trying to make it quick. I'm not good at fast stories. Anyway, he went he was like, Stop, and I was so busy. And he was like, Stop, I'm not paying yet. I would like to read my bill. I was like, Fine, that's not that unreasonable, but can you fucking see how busy I am? Fine. So he reads the bill and he put his hand in my face. I could just smell it. <sighs> I could smell the warm juice on his hand. And and he said, and he said. His finger was the thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. And he said, you have overcharged me 50 cents. I was like, really? How? And he said, because, and I did not even care for his explanation. I took 50 cents out of the tip jar in front of me and I gave it to him. And I was like, there you go. See you later, and he was like, "I'd like to talk about this," and I was like, "Leave, please." Just him my food for the week. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> oh like, it's just expensive in the '80s, but I was like, "This is not. This is you are. You've come here to hate this. You have come here to complain. Like we wouldn't. Have, we've never gotten anything right." But I remember him because I expected that behavior from a woman. Because, but even though, even though I got that from men all the time, I was like, God, that was such a Karen thing to do, even though I didn't have the name for her yet. We needed that name earlier, but I just, I just realized something about, you know, that, that idea of, you know, he is a
1: person exercising power in an environment where he knows he has power, right? He's the customer. We have this weird rhetoric around the customer always being right. And so particularly in, you know, a waitressing job or waitering job, sorry to Something that's like frontline, low-paid service delivery. There's this expectation that you just put up with it, right? Oh,
0: horrible. But
1: I don't know, with women, and I, I, I mean, obviously this doesn't apply to all women, and it applies differently depending on where you are socially. Like, exercising that little bit of control, that little bit of power, when you have so little power in other spaces. I mean, is that what Karen's are? I mean think about let's think about the archetype of Karen. Let's think yeah, okay. Karen.
0: Who is Karen? Yeah. Karen has a haircut. It's Ooh. not funny. No, it is like kind of like snazzy. Yeah. Like I'm not old yet. Yes. But I'm also I am. <laughs> I'm also old yet. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, I'm old. <laughs>
1: Karen has like designer sunglasses, and she drives a uh, like a a, like a carrier vehicle. No,
0: she drives like a magenta master three. What's that? I don't know. She drives a four three six Porsche one two (laughs) three. No, she drives a sensible car, but But it's a bit of a quirky
1: colour.
0: No, 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 it's it's not. No, mate, Karen has a lovely car. Because
1: she has many children. She has to take them to soccer. No, she's too old. No, no, no You um, don't know who
0: Karen is. <laughs> you don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, think also, Karen's I like, think, okay, how old do you think of Karen I is? I think Karen's have like, like
1: late teenage kids. They're in their late 40s.
0: Mm, I would say the Karens are in... Yeah, okay, all right, so we're not that far off. I would Let's have, have the, a breadth of Karen. I reckon Karen's like late 40s to early 60s. But her family is usually wealthy enough to have more than one car, right? Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Well, I'd never... The, the specifics aren't so much, but, but I... Karen so,
1: doesn't have a career.
0: Karen, Karen has spent a lot of time with her children.
1: Yeah. Kat, Karen, like her, and she is like from enough privilege where you know, that's, that's, that's okay because their family can manage. But with that comes, you know, disempowerment, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Karen has time. She has time to complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Great. So we're looking at the real negative sides of Karen and we will tell you some positive sides of Karen. But you're right and I have really, I've really struggled with Karens in my life because they're usually the grumpy ladies who in work meetings mm. um, all the way through any job that I've had, they're the ones who have been... So have um, so you encountered uh, professional Karen? Oh yeah. See, I don't. I haven't. Tell me about a professional Karen. Oh, they huff and they puff and they annoyed and they they're the they're the ones who, are, whose internet's broken and they're the ones whose mm. this hasn't worked and oh they don't like change and they don't like this and last person who used to do that would do it like this and I don't like that and so and even working you know in hospitality you get you put a new barista on the coffee machine and some a uh, Karen will walk in and say oh I don't want that one that person I want my usual person this is not mm. what I and okay so this is and this is where I get it gets the point if a person knows what they want is that a bad thing but I also think there's something in that characterization right we just unpacked a uh, Karen archetype and we just unpacked we 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 have
1: made her any disgruntled woman and I think what we've just unpacked is that our characterization of Karens are really, really broad. They're probably different for everybody, but we're really happy to apply that name liberally on any woman that speaks up in a way that annoys us and makes us
0: uncomfortable. But they can't. They're not our age. I That's don't know, the okay? point, right? We need a distinguisher. Yeah, we're, we're, I could never be a yeah. Karen. Because, not I'm not a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I am twenty-one. <laughs> but it is, uh, yeah, it is. It's always a, um, it's always a woman of, yeah, probably over, uh, over mid forties. Um, but okay, so this is this blew my mind. Is um, a different perspective, and it was a woman. Not on this podcast. No, <laughs> I'll only have Claire's, and that's <laughs> final. Claire's is right, but it is it is a woman who was in who was in the, uh, the Karen bracket. She was in the Karen age bracket, and she was like, "You guys need me. Mm. You guys actually need me to complain because what you guys will do. I'll go to a cafe." And I will eat – I'll get a sandwich and it will be a bit stale or the ham will be a bit curly and something will be horrible and I will say to the person who's working there, sorry, this is actually inedible. Could you please fix it or I'm not paying for it? And what you guys do, what we would do is we would go to a cafe and we'd go, oh, my God, this ham sandwich is revolting. I'm never coming back here. Mm. And that poor cafe – Will then die man. a slow and miserable death where they will end up, I don't, I don't know, perhaps bankrupt or, you know, their parents could lose a house because their parents bankrolled it or something. Like, we don't look at the difficult truths that we would never have considered. And I'm not saying that that's the Karen's intentions, but I am saying that's not. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It is the impact of Karen. the, The positive net impact of Karen. Yeah, the Karen's who say, actually this isn't good enough and if you want me to come back you'll change it.
1: It's also something about like I guess having that empowerment to speak up and talk about what you what is and isn't okay. And there's a balance. I mean, like, you know, we work hard for our incomes and, you know, every dollar we make represents, you know, something that we've had to give and it's okay when you spend that money to be like, actually this isn't what I wanted to pay for but the other side of that is just I don't know a
0: sense of just kindness right like yeah there's a line to yeah and also when you're at a cafe and you see someone who's working you don't want to you genuinely no don't want to complain you're like do you know what it's not your fault that this was a bit garbage yeah you're probably on minimum wage and really tired or you're sweating your balls off and you're like running from like coffee machine to tables so you don't want me saying excuse me Hmm. I actually worked in a cafe once where a lady, I was so busy, and I was running from coffee machine to tables, and a lady from the other side of the cafe, a Karen, dropped her spoon. (laughs) She dropped her teaspoon. How dare you. (laughs) (laughs) And she yelled across the cafe, excuse me, pick it up and get me a new one. Oh, that's. And everyone looked at her, then looked at me to see what my reaction would be because I was inside on fire because I was like, this is outrageous that I have to just cop that on the chin. But what was I going to do? No, you pick it up and get me a new one. I just was just like, okay, fine. But also I hate you and I hate that this job. I can't wait to get out of it. And so there were, obviously there are bad Karens and that there are, I guess, Karens that are making... Some positive effect. I think the danger that we have, we've kind of talked, we've talked about before, is that it is we just blame it on women. Yeah, we don't blame it on women, and
1: we don't make the same noise. That men speak up about things that aren't quite right. And I, I think as as women, and I was thinking about this the other day, and this was a bit of a segue, cool segue, Claire. Yeah, oh, oh, Good at the segue. <laughs> is that okay? I had this existential moment where a friend said to me, I was talking about.
0: Did she say, come to a party, not as a disco ball? No, because that would have been what a true friend said. Probably <laughs> <laughs> existential moment.
1: <laughs> Where my friend, we were talking about, you know, me being single and joking about being on Tinder. And I was like, I'm 33 and I've got two children and I'm spent woman. And she's like, your 50-year-old self is going to look back at you now and she will be having great sex and she will laugh. And my reaction was really confronting because I thought about myself as a 50-year-old woman. I felt really frightened and revolted and confronted and all of these conflicting feelings because I see 50-year-old women in this particular way internally. And it was this really terrible moment where I realised how much I had internalised misogyny because I don't think about 50-year-old men that way. And I've also had this really terrible idea of old women and to the point where I can't see myself there. And that's really problematic because it's sexist because I don't look in, at men like that. yeah. And I fear ageing so much. And, and that has an impact, right? That doesn't just stop with me mm. and my idea of myself as a 50-year-old. Because I think about myself like that, mm. it has to reflect on old women, right, in some way where I might respect their intelligence and their wisdom and all the wonderful things about them. But if that discomfort about myself aging lives in me, at some point it has to project outwards. Yeah, okay. So does that impact the way we think about Karens?
0: Yeah, well that's interesting that you say that because I'm actually pretty pumped about being 50. I think that looks awesome. I've got some, I have I think some of the most powerful women that I've worked with or been friends with, like shout out to doris um i i feel really excited about like their life like, I spe- like, like doris has had this sensational life where she has lived all of the things that we have done and um you know and in varied ways and then she's now like this wonderfully independent woman who is so open-minded and so loving and owns Being the age that she's at, which I genuinely do not know what it is, but I reckon it's around. It'd be in the Karen ball. But that's, I guess, that's a point where we can love
1: and celebrate. It's definitely ball mark. (laughs) Sorry, but it's next to live (laughs) by (laughs) a fool. But I think, I think the point is that we can, you know, we can celebrate and love and admire women who are older than us. But at the beginning of this conversation. We both took pains to characterize Karens as older women that are outside our cohort, mm. and I think I, I, that's the thing about internalized prejudice, right? Yeah, internalized sexism because it starts with the way we look at ourselves, and then it affects the way we look at other women. And I think a Karen is a really great example of that because you know we don't, neither of us want to see ourselves in those women,
0: right? Well yeah but I I also I I also d- can't see myself in that woman no. because um I I I feel like I have experienced enough Karen to never ever want to be a Karen. But I is there
1: power in being a Karen? Is there being like, fuck it, I want what I want, and that's okay. Well,
0: that's this is where we're talking. This is what we're talking about. How it is like? There's, there's, you know, a spectrum of Karens, and there's like the Karens at the start. <laughs> Karens and, are a rainbow. They, they are, <laughs> and I will choose the best Karen. I choose the best kind of Karen who is a Karen who are like that is not what I want. This is not. And you know what? Do you know what? I spoke about Doris before. She would complain if something wasn't right, but in a excellent way. Kind, She's assertive. Yeah. She yeah. will not be nasty. She she is very assertive and people really respect that. And people respond to that but in a very the positive way. Like, I mean,
1: it's the nastiness and the perception. I mean, is it us now versus being a year old, like really low-paid and and hard-working, but also like entitled young women who think that they're – I remember just thinking I was so fancy because I was a cool waitress, like and just having that entitlement being – You're right, you were. (laughs) It was a disco ball. But having that entitlement of youth, right? And and that's the thing. What we might see as a respectful interaction might, because of somebody else's perspective, be seen as, you know, disruptive or unkind or disrespectful and – like I guess just step back and reflect on your Karens.
0: Yeah, well, well, that's right. But I, the, I think the Karens that I experienced as a waitress were like dead set shitholes. Mm. Like they were the ones who, like you know, the lady who asked me to pick up her spoon and give me a new one <laughs> while I was like just. Just sit down for a sec, or stand up and go get one, or, or like just sit on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think I do with my children, Karen? <laughs> but it, but I, I, I but you're right. I think the problem is we never give this to blokes. But the, another problem is is that we don't we have labelled Karens as being um a pro, uh, an, in, an enormous problem and of uh, older women of older women. Yeah. My problem, Claire, is. Um boomers mm-hmm. are generally quite how would you put it entitled yeah
1: overfunded too many houses,
0: yeah, and I think the
1: world yeah <laughs>
0: that, well that's right, and I think that is that makes me quite bitter, especially mm. when I see an older woman complaining about i don't know the youth. Or a minor, a minority, or you know, and blokes as well. This is yeah. this is like this is different to a Karen. The fact that Karens land in this boomerville—that makes it very much worse for them. <laughs> yeah, that makes me be like, great. Karens are absolutely written off. Yeah. But it's when I actually think, well, wait on a sec. Some people who I genuinely love would fit into that Karen, I guess, bracket. Karen Where's bracket. That? I like that. Karen bracket. Have you <laughs> met her? <laughs> <laughs> it's my neighbour. <laughs> no, it is. It is, um, I think, yeah, so I think my problem is that age bracket as a whole, uh, we have an overwhelming, um, I guess, aura of entitlement where I work for this, you didn't, you know, I have five properties and I, I, you know, I worked through the Keating era and my interest rate was fourteen you percent. Houses might... four dollars. Yeah. <laughs> there's no perspective there. And also when climate change happened, they were like, yeah. What climate change? And then when the boomer flu kicked in, aka coronavirus, <laughs> they were like, Stay in Doors, we might die. (laughs) Like it's it's unfair. It is unfair and I I think
1: that entitlement is is really apparent in you know in our communities where you know the younger generation, like our kids will never buy a house because the boomers will live to one million and they'll still be hoarding property. Yeah. And but what really what really troubles me is the last election and how it was lost on franking credit. So if you don't know Franking credits are basically a way that you can pay less tax to get a tax bonus because you've got investments and shares. If you've got investments and shares, you're doing pretty bloody well, mate. Like mm. you are, like this is a really, really wealthy cohort and you have people who are mostly boomers and I know there are lots of kind, generous, thoughtful boomers out there that voted labour, this is not about you. This is about your other friends who we don't like very much. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at, you know, the social inequalities and the injustice that is manifest in our community and across Australia. And and they said, no, no, I we want to be able to go overseas a few times a year when we retire.
0: I worked. I worked. Exactly. And this is for the thing ages. about you know democratic
1: bloody responsibilities people it's not just about you you're Mm. voting for your community and that's my problem with boomers and the way that they bloody conduct themselves the way that they vote they vote for themselves they represent themselves they hoard assets and then why the earth is dying and that's final
0: and that is final i think i you're completely right i um so when when karen is lumped into the boomer Category it makes me annoyed more like more and more annoyed at Karen, um, but I do think we definitely need a male name. We need a Warren. I don't think Warren's going to kick off. You <laughs> I know, I like Warren. It's the thing. I think. I like Quarren? Okay, so what? <laughs> I reckon it's going to be Philip. Oh, that's good. Or oh, Alan. Oh, Alan's good. Yeah. Karen and Alan. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Alan. Alan's fine for me. Um, okay, <laughs> S- send it off. Tick of oh. approval, yeah. So, pour, uh, calling out the blokes who complain as well, but also sometimes listening to when someone complains and be like, actually, is this is this valid? Yeah. Does this need to be? complained Are you doing a about- service because yeah. this focaccia was fucking inedible <laughs> So who waits for going to United So let's pivot. Let's segue.
1: How's your skin, brum? What do you mean? How dare you? And I'm not talking about my delightful combination
0: of adult acne and wrinkles.
1: I'm talking about thickness and thinness.
0: Oh, good. good. I was like, I did not wear makeup here, you piece of shit. <laughs> How dare you bring it up? Um, I've got very thick skin, I would yes. say. Yes. About 90% of the time. Yes, yeah,
1: so you are the armadillo to my soft shell crab. <laughs> if you like <laughs> Do you like do
0: you like I love um, it actually that was great okay so, thank you so we're going to now have a little chat about um, how different we are again we talk about that a bit it's our favourite topic because we're just both two white women
1: living in the inner city and suburbs we're like we're very different we both this have two is different. a diversity
0: podcast we're <laughs> 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 we're so different yes like Liam's perspective <laughs> she's got a kid that's fine I've got one that's six. like it's so different um we wanted to, so Claire is really, really thin skinned and, and
1: and yeah, I'm on the sensitive side, and you are very tough,
0: you are very tough and I'm like a calloused hand thought. <laughs> 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 You're a foot, Ron. Yes, I'm a foot that and a hand dragged through the desert. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like, you know, like if I if I touch sensitively, I can feel all the microscopic detail, whereas you're just stomping all over the world. It's
0: just like smashing my way through your <laughs> world, Claire.
1: And there's nuance to this, which we'll unpack a little bit. Because I don't actually think you're that tough at all. I think yes, I am. Okay, great. This has been a great conversation. We've been good. She- See <laughs> you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. But how does it play out in real life? Tell me an example of something where you think you maybe got your tough bits up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <gosh.
0: laughs> you. Oh, you, 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 I won't go into that. <laughs> you put your feet
1: up in response to someone hurting your feelings.
0: So wait, are you trying to ask me when I was a tough bitch? Yeah, tell me about your unflappable life, Bron. Yeah, well, look, I'm not always unflappable, but I think compared to you, I would definitely seem that Have way. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. No, I I don't, well, I don't I don't I feel like I don't hold on to things. Mm. I don't um, well, like you know, if, uh, if I have a friend that I've had a friend for a while and I'm like, okay, cool, you're my friend, and then I sort of get over And then you just
1: like, you're not know, my friend, and you never talk to them again.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Bye. Um, I,
1: whereas I have a habit of, like, holding to people for way too long, even though the kind of natural ebb and flow of life has occurred, and it's time yeah. to let go. And, like, that's, you know, that's not particularly healthy, but I think... You know, when in our day-to-day lives, I think, I think you're way better at kind of just being like, oh, shit happens, and if people, you know, people do something that's upsetting or, you know, offensive or you know, inconvenient or whatever, you're just like, oh, whatever. Mm. Whereas, I tend to take things to heart. And and feel really deeply about them. Yeah.
0: So uh, an example, uh, like a juxtaposition for us, is when the coronavirus was hitting and you fell into the depths of despair. And I was like, "Oh well, just kick on, like just do what the government says, and everything will be fine." And you were like, "But what about the end of the world, Bron?" And I was like, <laughs> "What? It's not like we just got to kick ki- –
1: hundreds of thousands of people die globally. Like ten percent of Australians have lost their
0: jobs, like they're like Yeah, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm not i I'm not saying it was a great thing at all, but I am saying like you just have to get on with it.
1: Yeah, and this is I think where it was a really interesting part where we differ. Like I I really like I can't I can't move through life like that. I, I guess I, I like I just have a need to process and like think and, and, and like where you're like right this is how it is now and this is what we're gonna deal with. And it's mm. it's such a it's such an interesting like way of interacting with the world and you know, I wish I wish that I was more like you, that I didn't feel as much about
0: things. It's a real kind of superpower that you have. Yeah. And we've talked about this in, in, in other podcasts. Yeah. It's like we, like I, I have to keep going. Otherwise if I stop and think about it for too long, I actually don't know what will happen. So I just <laughs> pushing keep pushing on. Going. Keep going. Just push on, just get on with it and like it, everything's going to be okay. But I don't like, I, I notice like awkward social interactions far mm. less than you do. Mm. Like I'm like, Oh, that's a bit awkward. Bye. But you will be like, I think I upset them. I think I need to call them. Uh, or then you'll text me. Have I upset at you and I'm like no mate I didn't even know you were there <laughs> but that being said I mean we have we I've we come up with a cool joke over a pandemic
1: and this is it so if anything happens that's bad in your life this is what the sound My is life. in your life mate this is what the sound is you know mm-hmm. what the sound is it's Tell like me. sucking it deep inside to a place that is buried in your soul <laughs> And I worry, I do worry about that sometimes for you because, like, I, I guess there's pros and cons to the way that we process things and our particular vulnerability to the world. But I wonder where it goes.
0: Into the abyss, Claire. Mm,
1: that's how it works. I'm pretty sure that that's
0: how people work
1: and their yeah. emotions are a black
0: hole and they just
1: disappear into nothingness.
0: No, they do. But I do. I do. I do remember a time where we had a dinner party. This was a this was years ago, and we had some friends, mutual friends, over, and uh, it was a very casual night. Nothing seemed stressful. Oh, I, I was
1: butt naked. I
0: was well. There was a Zoom chat going on, <laughs> and there was a disco ball, and it, they always show my best angles. How are you, to cook? You went to <laughs> I have literally no idea what you said. Stroke is coming on strong. But I remember afterwards, like, I, I thought it was a fine dinner. I'd asked the questions. I'd said what I didn't understand. And la, la, la. Everything was fine. And then afterwards, you sent me a text. And you said, "I, I wish I could be more like you. And I didn't understand what it meant. But I assumed you meant... I wish I could say something, I wish I could say I didn't understand something when I didn't because I remember asking lots and lots of questions about something quite simple that grown-ups usually understand, like how sex works, <laughs> but I do, I remember afterwards you saying, I wish I could be more like that. Was that what it was about? I think it was, I remember that night
1: in particular, and I think that was about just how on edge I felt and how how much I was worried about People liking me and presenting well and saying the right things. Where you were just more interested in being present because that kind of stuff just doesn't concern you. And that's where you know the strength of your approach really shines through because in social interactions, when you move to the world, you just do you do what you need to do, and you're not you don't worry about it. And you know it's it's, it's pretty. It's just, it's pretty boring to always just be like, oh God, oh God, oh God,
0: <laughs> which is... Yeah, that must be horrible. Yeah,
1: but at the same time, like, I'm grateful for some of, not all of, but some of my sensitivity because I think it, it gives me, I don't know, an insight into how other people might feel. Yes. Which is really useful in my, with the field that I work. But, personally, it's, it's not ideal.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I totally understand and I'm in where I'm going with my, well, as a teacher... I couldn't I couldn't take everything on. Mm. If someone told me to get fucked, I couldn't be like, "Oh my god, that hurt." Whatever. You have to get a, a thick skin, like it wears you down and mm. you become burnt out and you give it up and then you go into a very lucrative business called stand-up comedy. <laughs> but if going to stand-up comedy, your skin has to be thicker than anything. Like mm. you like people like usually is Performing to mostly comedians who in the open mic scene anyway, who don't care if you do well. They actually sometimes want you to not do well, and so you can stand up with these jokes that you've come up with and be like, "What do you think?" And then no one will laugh, and um, that is called a not a very good gig. But <laughs> at the end of it, I'm like, "Oh well, whatever. Get on with it." And then there'll be an amazing gig the next one, an amazing gig. And what I actually had to do with Claire, you guys, is I've had to ask her to coming to my gigs. She's, she banned
1: me. She says I'm only really allowed to go to ones where she approves me to go to yes parents. When
0: I know it's going to be fine and there's going to be a good crowd and it's going to be my crowd and it's going to be fine. But open, I get too upset if, if I feel like it isn't going well. Yeah. If it's been like open mic ones never go well. Like they're horrific. Not They're like no one to be the worst place And in the I world. just want to
1: dive in and rescue you. Not that you need to be rescued, but I just feel like they're, they're all idiots and you're the funniest woman in the world. And just... Just I don't know, and That's then, so like, nice. oh my it's
0: so nice. It's not helpful. No, but it's not. A, but I hate when you're there on bad nights. Mm. I hate it because you I know can see me
1: being just, like, oh god, oh
0: god. I know that you just. I know that you're feeling all the feelings, and I don't feel them. Like yeah. I, like I feel them a bit. Like I'm like, oh god, this. I hate this bit, but I'm like, oh well, okay, and I will go back. And I'll go back and I'll do it again, and I'll get better. And those guys can all suck my dick, and but you, it's very different when you're there because I can feel your anxiety for Mm -hmm, me, and -hmm. that is wildly unhelpful. It's not helpful. You're right. It's totally unhelpful. And you know your thick skin
1: makes you made for comedy, which I think it's really necessary, especially when you're starting out to be so unflappable. But Brent, what what do you think maybe are the I mean we talked a lot about the shortfalls of having thin skin. Oh yeah. What if anything are the shortfalls of having thick skin? Oh my God!
0: Yeah, great. You said before the good thing is that you can you always can thinking about how other people are feeling. I don't necessarily always do that. I'm, I'm like, great, oh, cool, yes, that's thing. Like, you were the most thoughtful person in the world. Like, I will have, like, a very meaningless gig and you will turn up with, like, a bunch of flowers. Like, you know, before my gig, you'll turn up with a bunch of flowers and, like, a brooch or something. You're like, you're going to be amazing. And I'm like, oh, my God, mate, that's so unnecessary. I would never have thought to do that to anyone. Um, and you just like you've made me feel like you've thought about this for ages which you probably have done and you do that for so many people in your life that feels effortless for you to do that and there are a number of like I've got a few friends like that like I said before my friend Doris excellent lady she's like that she just is constantly thoughtful mm. always thinking about this and that um who's gonna who, how can I make someone feel better I don't I, – and this makes me sound like an asshole. I don't think like that. It mm-hmm. is it is an effort to be like, okay, what could I do to make this person th- feel like I I give a fuck? And that, yeah, it's not second nature to me. But you do. You do do it. I mean – Yeah, you but, you but it's a it fucking for, effort. do
1: demonstrative things all the time. Like you, you, you do, and I say, you know, to, you do it all the time. Like a great example is that beautiful scarf that you knitted to your big brother. Like, apropos of nothing, you sent through this handmade scarf with, like, big brother written on it, which is just a lovely, thoughtful thing to do. So you do do, you do do those things. They might be, you know, more of an effort. But also, the other thing is if you're doing things all the time to make other people feel good, like, and you're just doing it as a way to choke out your own anxiety, that's not
0: particularly you, productive. Is that what you say you do?
1: I don't know. I don't really know why I behave like that. I think it goes back to the primary school yard where, you know, like... Like that, I think, oh, this is a, this is interesting revelation on the podcast. What? what, what? <laughs> here, we go, here we go. You guys are my
0: therapist. <laughs> um,
1: when I was in primary school, I didn't have many, very many friends. I, I remember like literally buying my friends. I remember being like, if you hang out with me, I will buy you this, you know, something from the canteen, like 20 cents that I probably stole mm. from my parents' car because I was so unpopular. And it's the only way I knew to make friends was by giving them gifts,
0: right? And Do so I get this it. is <laughs> Do I get something at the end of this
1: night? <laughs> looking around the room. Kind of better. <laughs> but I think, and this is really interesting, I think, I think that, that might be a runoff of that, like where I'm like, people are only going to like me if I'm demonstrative and if I do things for them and I give, if I give them things, I think that's something I've done for as long as I've had friends. Hmm.
0: Revolution! Oh yeah, you should stop doing that. Only do it if you want. Like I don't know, but you. I like, don't know yeah, I whether or not that. I do, but I do love it. I love
1: there's something really lovely about doing something thoughtful for sort of someone that makes them feel good. It's just a real. I know it's really pleasurable, but I also now have understood. Yeah from my revelation
0: 90 seconds ago, you guys, (laughs) its actually deeply embedded in my childhood self. Oh, God. I will, look, I mean, maybe we need to even each other out. I, it would be great if there was a middle person. Yeah, we need a Karen in the middle. Like a Blair. (laughs) Blair. Or a, well, that's all. And (laughs) then we, a clump. A clump. <laughs> Come on. Because it like is like a <laughs> You need one, but it. But I like I like I find it really excruciating trying to keep like thinking, of, especially when I have you to compare it to. I'm like, oh god, I can't keep up with the gifts. I can't buy another fucking pot plant. I can't do it. Like I went to a house tonight, to a friend's house. I bought her a pot plant. She was like, oh thank you, and then put it up. And I was like, you need to have a bigger moment because that was a really big deal for me. <laughs> Where is the dancing, Shannon? (laughs) why so it is that's excruciating I also what's great about mine is that I don't care if people like me or not yeah such a gift oh my god I want that yeah I don't I don't ever want to be nasty I don't want to make anyone feel bad but I don't I don't feel like I need to change people think that I'm a bit um, I reckon people would have labelled me as like arrogant or cantankerous. I don't reckon. Oh, cantankerous
1: well, is a good word, but I don't reckon you're cantankerous. I don't well, think Well, my I
0: family think. would definitely like me as that, but... I would you know, like i like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry if mm. you don't like me. I'm not gonna like ask you about Star Wars ever, Claire. I don't <laughs> care. But I will like I'll ask you about your day, I'll have heaps of questions for you, but if it's going into an area that I'm desperately uninterested in, I, you I will You will tell me straight up that you don't wanna hit the plot of time trap. <laughs> I will I can't believe you're still talking about it.
1: So what the gift is, my friends, that I will tell her. I'll tell her about every minute of that magical movie, where the plot is that they fall into a cave and it's okay. a time trap.
0: So what is? So what have we covered today, Claire? We have covered
1: Karen, Baron, Warren, and Sharon. Yeah, not Sharon. We love you, Sharon. You're not a Karen.
0: Yeah,
1: but we have talked about the injustice of age and how we see it and also how you and i are very very different in our skin foot hand thickness
0: yeah and sometimes it does become exhausting thinking about your thin skin and it just it must be really disappointing thinking about my thick skin We are disappointing and exhausting, (laughs) and this friendship must cease. And it's like, (laughs) I just cancelled (laughs) goodbye. But thank you guys for listening. Claire is doing very well uh, as a separated woman, for those who give a shit. Um, (laughs) And uh, we are good chillers. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Bye.